0: Hey, I want to welcome everyone back to the Seeking Refuge podcast. Uh, it's good to be back uh, in the Bible study and to share this lesson with you. We are still on the Resurrection series. I know um, Easter, or Resurrection Day, was quite a few weeks ago. Um, there was an intentional pause in publishing the new podcast for a specific reason, is to get a point across, although I have been busy I could have done it sooner, but uh well yeah, it's been 33 days since the last podcast published and we've been on the resurrection. This is the third um the third lesson. Uh the first one we we just covered uh we covered resurrection in the Old Testament, all the scriptures that that was foretelling of the coming resurrection pointing to Christ. And then the second one, we, we worked specifically on the literal events of, of Christ's resurrection and some things there. And now we're going to talk about events after the resurrection. But I think it's important to realize that one of the events, that, the first and foremost that we're going to talk about, Jesus spent 40 days revealing himself. Now, it's only been 33 days since my last podcast. Uh, and so think about how long of a period of time that was 40 days. That was longer than a month that Jesus spent. He had been resurrected, resurrected, but he had not yet ascended into heaven and he was revealing himself to his disciples. He was teaching his disciples and he was preparing them. You had the ones that would be called into the, uh, ministry of being an apostle and then a remaining hundreds more, uh, that would make the decision to follow him and to be his disciples, even though it would cost them their lives. So pretty significant event, prolonged event, 40 days long. Um, but he revealed himself many times over and and there's a scripture there in in the end of the gospel of John where it Where basically, I'm paraphrasing, but when they're saying all of the things that he did, if they wrote them all down, the books in the world cannot contain it. That is so true. And yet, that's true to speak of all of his ministry works in the entire time he was on earth. But I actually take that reference in regards to all of the stuff that Jesus did just in those 40 days between being resurrected and ascending into heaven, if if they wrote them all down, all of the books in the world can, cannot contain it. Just in those 40 days, let alone his entire earthly ministry, right? So super excited to, to finish up the resurrection series. And I'm I'm trying to go, you know, in a direction I have a Great deal of respect, some of us have different churches um, if you're like if if your church is anything like the church that I go to Central Baptist in Columbus Ohio you know you've got a good Bible teaching pastor our pastor is uh, pastor Tim Womack it's a great man of God we love him he's an expository preacher and I know you've been getting preached to on the resurrection now for some time so i've tried to put things in a little bit of a a different format and try to cover some things maybe you haven't heard yet um to try to expound upon our understanding of the events surrounding jesus's resurrection and afterwards because the entire christian faith practice surface and lifestyle it all hinges upon the resurrection um, and the events that followed so first and foremost jesus spent 40 days revealing himself um Second, Jesus ascended into heaven, and then third, Jesus sent back the Holy Spirit. Well, the Father sent back the Holy Spirit on Jesus's request, right? He said he would pray to the Father, and the Father would send back the Holy Spirit. So, those are the three things that we're going to cover in today's podcast. Again, this is the Seeking Refuge podcast. I'm Brother Brian Swinford. If it's your first time tuning in. Um, Thank you for listening. Um I'm thankful for everybody that tunes in on an almost weekly basis. Sometimes I go on a hiatus for a couple of weeks before I get another one put on put put on and published on the Anchor FM podcasting service. Um but thank you again for listening. And uh again, I'm praying for everyone that tunes in and uh for your walk with Christ. Please keep my walk in Christ in prayer. Because uh, we're living in challenging times, folks, and it's, uh, it can be hard sometimes to be obedient and to be faithful. and um, But that's what we're all striving to do, right? Because we want to be pleasing to the Savior because He's certainly worthy of it. So again, this is the Seeking Refuge podcast where we come together seeking refuge from the world in God's unchanging word. And thank God that we can seek refuge in Him. We certainly need refuge. Um, from everything going on around us. Uh key verse for the entire podcast series is Psalm 91 verse 2, I will say of the Lord. He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I trust. Let's have a word of prayer and we'll get into the, the study on the events after the resurrection today. All right. Father, we thank you uh, for this day, for the opportunity to open up the Bible's in the middle of the craziness, Lord, it's, um, it's just good to have daily fellowship with you, to, to study, to learn, and to grow, and we need it, Lord. We, need, we draw our strength from your word. It teaches us how to anticipate uh, the blessings that are coming for us. We're waiting, Lord, as, uh, as the whole world comes undone, Lord. We're waiting for the return of our Savior, and we're, we're striving to be faithful and to share the gospel with others while we wait. Lord, I pray for everyone that tunes into the podcast and, um, you know, all of their individual situations, Lord, struggles, burdens, needs, things that are on their heart, Lord. And we're thankful that we can cast our cares on you for you care through us and you take care of our every individual need. You know, what's best for us, Lord, and, uh, you don't withhold any good thing from those that love you. And we thank you for that. God, I ask that you bless the podcast this morning. Help me to teach and, um, and preach, if it be your will. And, and just, uh, just use me, Lord, and um, just help us grow in our understanding of your word and of everything that took place uh, when our Savior rose from the dead and, and ascended into heaven and then equipped us with the Holy Spirit to build your kingdom here on earth, Lord. We love you. We thank you. We need you. And uh, we ask that you bless in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so we're talking about events after the resurrection. We're going to start with the fact that Jesus spent 40 days revealing himself after he resurrected. Um, Look at Acts chapter 1 and go to uh, verse 3. We'll start in verse 3 acts chapter 1 starting in verse 3 i'll give you one second to get there and i'll begin to read Uh, the scripture reads starting in acts chapter 1 verse 3 to whom also he showed himself alive i'm reading from a king james version Uh, he showed himself alive so this is jesus he resurrected He showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs. So, infallible in this sense would mean evidence so convicting and so persuading to the facts thereof that there is nothing that could be done or said or presented to discredit it or... um, diminish its validity does that make sense it's an infallible proof it means that what he did after he resurrected was went above and beyond convincing it made it a hundred percent certain without any uncertainty that jesus has risen from the dead and is the christ that was promised to us from the very beginning by many infallible proofs, being seen of them, who's them, all of those that he appeared to or revealed himself to, for how long? 40 days. Again, if you're tuning into the podcast every week or every time I put one on there, you probably spent the last week or two wondering, what happened to the podcast? Has he given up? I mean, it's been a while. Yeah, it's been 33 days. Seven days longer than the amount of time it's taken me to put this new podcast on the air. Jesus was with them, with them physically for 40 days. And what was he doing with them for those 40 days? He was speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Verse four, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. Um, he's speaking to what he promised in John chapter 14. And we'll get to that in in a little bit. And in verse five, for John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days hence. So I want to point this out here. There's some doctrines out there that the baptism with the Holy Ghost is a different event than when you're saved. Now, I'm not starting a doctrinal debate over social media. Um, I'm just not going to do that. I'm not going to say you're wrong and we're right, but I will say this don't lose sight of the fact. That this was the first time, this was the event that was promised. It was a one-time singular event promised beforehand because Jesus had to ascend and send back the Holy Spirit to begin the process of building the church on earth, right? He is the foundation in which the Mm -hmm. church is built upon. But it was commissioned to the apostles and to the disciples To found the individual, local, visible churches, to plant the churches, and then to ordain men to pastor the churches. That's why it says he placed some in the church, some apostles, some pastors, some evangelists, all for the purpose of people getting saved, people getting baptized, people joining the church, people expanding the outreach of the church. So that more people would get saved and more churches would get planted and cover. And this was to be done throughout the entire earth. And that was Jesus' command. And this event that he's talking about when he tells them you're going to receive this baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's because Jesus would now be at the right hand of God. And he had to pour out the Holy Spirit to fulfill scripture that goes all the way back to the prophets. And to also equip the apostles and disciples for the task at hand. Now, because that event has already taken place, now we receive the Holy Spirit at the moment of conversion. The moment we get saved, the Holy Spirit of God comes to live inside of us, And he abides with us and he abides with us and in us forever. And that is the promise of the Bible. There's not an extra event that we're waiting on. It's already taken place. The filling of the Holy Ghost in the life of the believer. To live a Holy Ghost filled life. Is going to require obedience. It's going to require obedience. Being filled with the things of God, which means you've got to empty yourself of the things of the world. You've got to get out of the world and into the Bible, into fellowship at the church. You've got to get into your prayer life. You have to allow God to fill you with those things, the things of God, in order to live a Holy Ghost filled life. You can quench the spirit of God and you can grieve the spirit of God and you can live in sin and you can do things. You will not live a Holy ghost filled life, even though the spirit of God is in you, if you are saved, if you're choosing to live in sin. And that's just the way it is. Um, you want to harden your heart, reject Bible, do it your way and live for yourself. You will hinder your ability to be useful to God for his kingdom. If you do so, it's that simple. Um, so that's that. So there's the promise there. Um it says very clearly for 40 days. And in the order, we know and you can write these down, John chapter 20 verses 11 through 16, you find that the first person he revealed himself to was Mary. Uh Mary Magdalene. And uh so he reveals himself to her, then in John chapter 20 verse 19, he reveals himself to the disciples. John chapter 20 verse 26. eight days later he reveals himself to the disciples again, but this time Thomas was present the first time he wasn't. Remember the disciples went and told Thomas Thomas said, "I'm not believing this unless I get to put my fingers in, in the holes in his hand and in the pierce of, and in his pierced side And so eight days later Thomas got to do just that and repented and believed and Jesus remember the, it's very famous we quote it all the time. You believe because you have seen, blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed is what Jesus taught. Um, so he revealed himself to Thomas um, and then in John chapter twenty verse thirty, he did many other it says he did many other signs, twenty verse thirty. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. Now, these are things that he did after he resurrected. He did miracles, and he performed signs, and he performed wonders before he was crucified. So it was important that he did the same kinds of things, the same miracles, signs, and wonders, post-resurrection because... It went to the authentication of his identity. And you think that, that, well, that sounds silly. You would think that the people who spent all the three years with him, some longer, but his three-year ministry where they followed him, you would think that that was enough time that they would recognize who he is and follow him. You got to remember, they were filled with doubt the entire time. Um, and so when he when he appears with them, He was continuing to do these works, these wonders and these signs, not only just to authenticate the ministry, but he knew when he was to ascend, the Holy Ghost would come back. He knew the details of the task that would be involved with planning churches. He knew what the disciples were going to have to go through and the fact that they would have to be willing to die in order to start the Christian faith which come on I I mean this was 2,000 years ago and it started with one individual church plant it started with conversions that began in Jerusalem then they went out into to the Gentiles preaching the gospel there was sign gifts and things that were going on early on because people needed to see those things in order to repent and believe. But as we have the finished word of God, we have all the events, we have everything we need already. We don't, I don't need somebody to come and speak in an unknown tongue or perform some miracle for me to believe in Christ right now. The preaching of the gospel in itself has a supernatural effect on the person that hears it. It does not mean that every person that hears the gospel repents of their sins and gets saved. Some harden their heart, but it does bring conviction and it brings somebody to the threshing floor of judgment because they must, at the time they hear the gospel, make a conscious decision based on what they've heard. I believe, I accept, or I reject and I deny. I soften my heart, I receive God, I believe, I receive Christ, or I harden my heart and I push God away because I don't want anything to do with him. And we're playing with eternity with those decisions. But 40 days, I mean, 40 days, he was he was appealing. Uh, he was appearing. He was appealing. Yes, he was appealing. But he was appearing to his disciples. He appeared to them in John 21, 14, a third time. And I think that's significant because three is the number of confirmation um, and when you get into John chapter twenty one and you read it this is where he goes into the discussion with uh with Peter isn't it about feeding the sheep um, and asking you know how much does how much do you love me Peter and feed my sheep and goes through that three times confirmation um He was preparing his disciples for their duty to build the church, 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 I cannot speak today, and feed the sheep. And that was the purpose of those 40 days, because at the end of those 40 days, he ascended into heaven and it would then be, it would be, it was done. The rest at that point would be up to the individuals who were impacted by Christ's ministry on earth, both before and after his resurrection. Once Christ sent back the Holy Spirit, it would be up to their... Basically, they had free will. They could have chosen not to serve God. I mean, you know, and, and at times, things were looking a little bit shaky. I mean, Peter was like, I go fishing. <laughs> you know what I mean? He was like, I'm going fishing. Um, that's almost like... Uh, I don't, I, I, there's other things I want to do right now. And you know what? We may all feel like that at times, you know, especially right now, it feels like the world is coming to an end. Um, I feel like we're in the last days. I feel like Jesus is coming back. God is telling me to do stuff in ministry. And, uh, yeah, sometimes I'm like, I, I think I'm going fishing and, uh, I just don't want to end up in a whale's belly like Jonah did over it. You know, it's it's hard times right now, and um, but but we have to be faithful. And we have to be obedient. They they chose to be obedient. God sent the equipping power of the Holy Ghost. It was the confirmation, the revealing Himself to Him over those forty days that really sealed the deal. I mean, it. They were firmly beyond convinced, um, and they were prepared to die for their convictions um, because it's not what they thought. It's not, you know, I'm pretty sure it was Jesus. No, they knew. And when you know something and you get put on trial and you know it's the truth, you'll stand for that regardless of the consequences. So later on, when those same disciples were being burnt, to death and hung up, crucified upside down, and fed the lions and having their heads chopped off. They did so without denouncing their faith, which added all the more persuasion to their testimonies, which gave the gospel that much more power to those who were unbelievers because they realized that no matter what they did, these folks know what they saw, know who they spent the 40 days with. They know the power of God. They've seen the power of God. And it made them convinced that, well, surely maybe, maybe these folks really do know what they're talking about. Maybe this really was Jesus the Christ. And it, and it added. It just added to the kingdom that way. Uh, and that was on purpose. But they had to get built up and prepared for it. So that's why the 40 days... Um, It was a window of opportunity. It was more than enough time for Jesus to reveal himself to the disciples. It was more than enough time for him to teach them and give them final instructions before his departure, which sounds familiar. Moses gave final instructions to Israel before his departure and before they went into Canaan. Once Christ ascended, those that were chosen for apostleship and those who were chosen to be or those who chose To be his disciples were more than certain that Jesus is the Christ. That's why they refused to recant and denounce their faith while suffering horrible persecutions and martyrdom. And uh, let's talk about, there were hundreds um, in that time frame. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And remember the first episode of the resurrection series. We covered these verses they were the key verses for the resurrection series. Um, there was a second episode on the series, and uh, it something happened and it didn't post right. It, so I kind of re re I kind of revisited those topics on the second one that I did. I think there was a total of four, but this was the key verses. So 1 Corinthians fifteen three through seven, Paul writes to the Corinthian church and he says, "For I delivered unto you first of all." That which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures. And that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. That he was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. After that, he was seen of above, five hundred brethren at once. Of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are fallen asleep. After that, he was seen of... James, then of all the apostles, and last of all, he was seen of me also, as of one born out of due time. So there you go. Hundreds. And um, they were sure that it was Jesus. They were sure of it. And, uh, you know, why is this so important? It's like, of course it was Jesus. Well, these are the things that the unbelievers of the world attack when they try to put doubt in a believer over the resurrection and the reason that satan attacks the doctrine of the resurrection is because the entire christian faith hinges upon it um if christ is not risen then we we would still be in sin the preaching is vain there'd be no future resurrection and therefore no heaven which would then give them the opportunity to say if there's no heaven there's also no hell there's nothing to be afraid of there's no consequences it all points to lawlessness but it's all a lie of the devil. And the truth is absolutely he resurrected. Absolutely. He spent 40 days with the disciples appearing and revealing himself and teaching and instructing and preparing and, um, absolutely. And who not better? I I mean, the ones that spent the time with him before the resurrection were the most qualified to be able to give an eyewitness account that it is truly Jesus after his resurrection right which is why he did appear to Mary first and then the disciples in the upper room and all and all that so first thing he did he appeared and he spent 40 days the second event after the resurrection that I'm teaching on I mean there's like we said in the book of John all of the things he did we could write it all down We won't fit it in all the books of the world jesus ascended into heaven it's the second thing and we're going to go through a list of verses on this first go to luke chapter 24 51 and i don't have them bookmarked so we're going to have some bible drills for a minute luke 24 verse 51 Scripture reads, and it came to pass while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. Um, Jesus was blessing the disciples. Um, Again, the scriptures fulfill exactly what he promised. Verse 49, here it says, and behold, I send the promise of my father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. And he led them out as far as to Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass, while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. He went up into heaven. Um, And that's quite an event. Acts chapter 1. We're going to look at the same event from a different body of scripture. Acts chapter 1, starting in verse 6. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, will thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? You see how the, you see this, there was an understanding from Old Testament scripture, from the Jewish Bible, that the Messiah would come and restore the kingdom to Israel, right? This was the complication when he rode into Jerusalem, Jerusalem on the first day of holy week the triumphant entry right and everybody was throwing the palms and that's why we have palm sunday and they were shouting hosanna to the highest and then he rode rides in on a donkey which was a sign of humility and submission and other things it was not riding in on a chariot it was not we're coming to make war we're going to we're going to take our kingdom back it <laughs> It was quite the opposite. And they were like, who is this? This is not what we expected. They're still wrestling with this because now he's been resurrected. Now he is showing um, powers and abilities and, and they're ready. They're like, we're ready to see the kingdom get restored into Israel. And there's some understanding there from the prophets because the prophets prophesied both comings of christ and as the body of scripture concerning his death and crucifixion start to become more clear in their vision now they have even more to anticipate folks we have a return of christ our savior is coming back and we ought to be anticipating it there's a kingdom that will be restored unto our savior and we get to be a part of that and that's amazing so i just thought it was interesting they're still how about now lord (laughs) are we there yet are we there yet like a kid in the car on vacation verse seven and he said unto them it is not for you to know the times of the seasons which the father hath put in his own power don't forget that everyone wants to figure out when the rapture is going to happen we don't know just keep on winning souls keep on sharing the gospel keep being faithful Verse 8, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and into all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. The uttermost part of the earth is everywhere. It's basically every nook and cranny, every corner, the darkest, most desolate, most abandoned most isolated, most difficult to reach places on earth, Christ says, You're gonna go there and you're gonna witness. And thank God for the missionaries that are faithful in this, that answer to the call of God, and to go into places. And, and you know, we've seen and we have records in history of missionaries, you know, going into places where there was cannibalism and uh you know dying for the sake of preaching the gospel. And there's also been entire villages and places completely converted to Christianity through those missionary efforts. So make sure that you are supporting missions. Make sure your church is a missionary-minded church. Uh, Verse 9, And when he had spoken these things while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. So Jesus went up in a cloud, right that's important verse 10 and while they looked steadfastly towards heaven as he went up behold two men stood by them in white apparel which also said ye men of galilee why stand ye gazing up into heaven this same jesus which is taken up from you into heaven shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven so the same jesus that went up same Jesus is coming back. He went up in a cloud. He's going to come back in a cloud. Um, that's the rapture um, to receive us, the church. There's some more scriptures. Here is a few examples showing the apostles' understanding of the events here. So go to First Timothy if you will. Remember he revealed himself to the apostles. To the disciples and then you know timothy was commissioned into the ministry by paul so it shows the passing down of the instructions and it's important because this is the same format we're following today so first timothy chapter 3 look at verse 16 reason without controversy The world wants to stir up a controversy about everything pertaining to the Christian faith, but there's some things that aren't up for discussion, amen? Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. Jesus was the Son of God. He came in the flesh. He was God and man, born of a virgin. He's justified in the Spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, Believed on in the world and received up into glory. His ascension was an event showing his glory. It was done in glory. Um, if we see the glory of God, we have a conviction and a certainty about who he is. I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able To keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Great Bible verse and also a great song to sing. But we know, we're certain. These things I have written unto thee, that ye may know that ye have eternal life. It's about our conviction and our certainty. Where do we get it from? Because we've seen the glory of God. But they saw him literally ascend in glory in the clouds. And I'm pretty sure any one of us, while I think right now it would be hard for me to die for my faith, I think that for them, having seen that, it was not as difficult as we might think to die for our faith. And also, when faced with death for our faith, um, I've, I've at least heard a couple of testimonies from Christians who were in a place of persecution at a time where Christians were being martyred may uh, I, I can't give a lot of details, one of which is testimony was he survived an attack where many of the people he was assembled with were murdered or martyred um and basically it is uh it's a holy ghost thing and uh, the, the it was as if they physically lost control of their ability to um, it, they, they weren't afraid, they weren't, it, they knew what was happening and, uh, it was like the Holy Ghost was going through them to bring about, uh, I don't know how to explain it the way he explained it, but you know, it was a complete acceptance and submission to his will, knowing that there was great reward for what they were going through because they were not going to denounce Christ and the Holy Ghost was the equipping power that allowed them to do it um but uh shocking stuff, and i 'm telling you this stuff 's happening in places of North Africa in the middle east and in in certain even in certain places of Asia. you know this is the kind of thing that 's happening um but it's it 's the certainty it 's the conviction and for uh, for those of us we 're here in America, and you know honestly, even with terrible leadership in our country, we still have it pretty good. It's just not affordable to live here anymore, but it's pretty it's pretty good. It, we have freedom. you know we can go to church on Sundays. we don't have to hide in basements. people yes, things happen but we're not widespread being hunted for our faith yet um, and I say yet because it could happen uh, at some point. But, but you know what we have the word of God and the fellowship. If we would study the Bible, pray and fellowship with one another, we would have the same. Strength in our conviction and our walk and our certainty. I believe that. Let's look at another one. First Peter chapter 3 Verse 22. Reads, Who is gone into heaven and is on the right hand of God, angels and authorities and powers being made subject unto him. We're talking about Jesus' ascension into heaven. Um Acts 111 again. What did they say? That he would come back in like manner. Let's look at a fulfillment of that. Go to 1 Thessalonians. He went up in the cloud. He'll come back in the cloud. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Look at verses 16 and 17. It reads For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Talking about the rapture. He's coming back. So just like the disciples Lord, now will you restore your kingdom? We need to be living with the anticipation of his return. And how do we do that? How how can we be effective? How can we stay faithful? We have to remember what happened on the 50th day. After 40, he ascended into heaven. He told them, go to Jerusalem and wait. Wait there in Jerusalem. I think they were already in Jerusalem. He said, don't leave Jerusalem. And wait for the promise. Wait for the coming of the Holy Spirit. Look at Acts again, chapter 1. Do you see the order and the structure of the reason the events took place the way they did? The 40 days, giving the conviction, increasing the certainty giving them the knowledge the education and the training that they would need Jesus ascending being glorified again confirming who he is what he came to do um just preparing them by them seeing him ascend in the heavens like Now the anticipation for his coming is there. They're anticipating the Lord's coming back. The Lord's coming back. The Lord's coming back. That is important in our life because for us, we need to anticipate the Lord's return so that we make the decision to live for him because we know at any minute he's coming like the thief in the night, right? And then there's the 50th day Pentecost, fulfillment of scripture, pouring out of the Holy Ghost, to equip and to strengthen and to prepare and to give them the ability and power to do that which is which Jesus has commanded. And that's preach the gospel, share the gospel, plant the churches, grow the churches, ordain more men uh, by qualification and standard and standard of living. Those are two things that are required for the ordination into the two offices of of pastor and deacon. Those are the two offices, pastor and deacon. And there are certain qualifications. And Satan is after our families and he's trying to disqualify as many men as he can from being eligible for these roles because they're important if the church is going to continue. And a lot of churches have elderly deacons and not a lot of young men that are stepping up to the plate, married once, living right, being faithful, keeping away from the alcohol and the worldly uh, worldly stuff so that they can take over some responsibility of being leaders in their churches. And we're running out of men because we've got a society now that's turning boys into sissies instead of raising them into men. I'm preaching. And we're in trouble. Woke culture has no place in the Christian church. And these churches that are shifting their focus from the ministerial works of getting the gospel into the community and missions and there's turning it towards social justice issues. They're not helping. All right. I'm, I'm done chasing that, uh, squirrel there. 50th day. This is the third event. 50th day. Jesus sent the Holy spirit. Um, they were, they were waiting and this is what happened in, in, in Acts chapter one, verse eight. Ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. And while he had spoken these things, while they behold, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. While they looked steadfastly towards heaven as he went up, you know, of course, they're looking up like, whoa. Uh, and here's two men, white raiment, white apparel. They said, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven, this same Jesus, which is taken up from you in heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven? Then ten days they spend waiting for the Spirit. Why? Because Jesus told them what to do, and so they did it. They were obedient. You want a second blessing to come? Try being obedient to God. He'll give you blessing after blessing after blessing after blessing because he won't withhold the blessings from those that are faithful and, and and willing to submit to his authority. Then returned they unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. And when they were coming, they went up into an upper room where abode both Peter, James, John, Andrew, Philip, and Thomas, Bartholomew, and Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon Zelote, Zealots and Judas, the brother of James, these all continued with what one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. Uh, then there was the choosing of Matthias through prayer, through revelation, through seeking God. Why did they have to choose one? Well, because. God instructed them to do that and there would be a confirming signs and who they chose and why. And because they had to replace Judas Iscariot, which was the uh, backstabbing traitor that sold Jesus out. But God knew that that was going to happen and it was all part of the plan anyway. Um, And so we, we have we have this right. So we have this promise. Look at look at John 14. In John chapter 14, verse 16, Jesus told his disciples, And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that ye may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth whom the Word cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. Why did he need to start teaching that at that point in time? He told them that he was going uh, to prepare a place for them so that where he goes, we may be also he was talking about heaven. Then it, you know, they were sorrowful because they were realizing that he was basically telling them he would die and depart from them. And he says, I will not leave you comfortless. I will give you another comforter. When you read the whole chapter, you'll find that the Holy Spirit not only comforts, but he leads, guides, directs, teaches, instructs, confirms, strengthens, equips. He's everything. I mean, we absolutely cannot do this life without the Holy Spirit of God. And so there's the promise. Now we're going to wrap this thing up because I'm going long. Acts chapter two. Let me read through these 21 verses. Bear with me. Verse one. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven, Now, when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded, because that every man heard them speak in his own language. That was the principal thing. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born? There's a couple verses here. I'm not going to list them all. But they start listing the nationalities and and the other languages that were were heard. It says, And we hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. In verse 12, And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, What meaneth this? Others mocking. I can't believe what I'm hearing. They said, Others mocking. These men are full of new wine. And that's when Peter began his first sermon there. Under the guidance of the Holy Ghost, Peter standing up with the 11, lifted up his voice and said unto them, ye men of Judea and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken unto my words. For these are not drunken as ye suppose, seeing it but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Uh, I forget the verse exactly, but there's a prophecy in Joel where it would come to pass. And it reads it right here in verse 17. Um, blood and fire and vapor of smoke, the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great notable day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call in the name of the Lord shall be saved. What happened on the day of Pentecost? We know 3,000 got saved and so it began. That was the beginning of the foundation of the churches. Now, it's very clear here that God says the pouring out of the Spirit was a one-time event to fulfill the prophecy of Joel that from this point forward, this would be the equipping of the Holy Ghost for us to continue the works of the ministry. And then he even gives them a glimpse of what it's going to look like at the end. And remember, the Jews will be here in the tribulation. The church will not. But he's telling them the signs and the wonder, and he's telling them in the meantime, everyone that calls on the name of the Lord is going to be saved, so don't give up. Now, the apostolic sign gifts that were very powerful early on were authenticating the office and ministry so that people would believe and get saved, and so the church would grow. The main thing was salvation and growing the church. And I'm not going to get into a sermon on speaking in tongues, However, I think that it's silly how many of us get hung up on this topic. And I think we do need to be careful. If God wants somebody to speak in tongues today, he can do that. I certainly wouldn't limit God. And I wouldn't tell God what he's done with and what he's not done with. He can be the decision maker with that. Um, My thing is this. There's a body of scripture that very clearly reveals This whole gift of tongues, one is greater gift, a desire to prophesy, have a ministry of preaching. But if you have this gift of tongues, it's very clear. If there's no interpreter and it can't edify somebody and lead somebody to Christ, you need to keep that between you and God. And, um, you know, that's your prayer time with God. You do it in prayer with God. And because God understands the heart, God understands the intent And if you're doing it out of order and you're doing it in church with all these people having these little um, whatever they call outbursts of this stuff. And what does the Bible say? Don't do that. Why? Because if one comes in that doesn't know, they think you're all mad and go out saying you people are crazy. If it doesn't edify the body of Christ, if it doesn't grow the church and if it doesn't lead somebody to Christ, then it's not to be it's not to be done. It's not to be done. Um, So, you know, that's my take on it. I'm not out here, I'm not, God has not called me to be the judge of somebody's gifts, all right? Your personal gifts of the Holy Spirit is between you and God. You take a spiritual inventory. You pray to God to give you gifts because the fact of the matter is, the bigger picture is God gives us gifts individually so that we can be gifts ourselves to our local church so that our church can be a gift the community, and to missionaries so that we can continue to grow the kingdom. That's what it all boils down to. That is the main thing that, that Christ intended. It's why he revealed himself for 40 days, instructed and prepared. He ascended into heaven. He let them see that event for the conviction, for the persuasion, for the certainty of who he is. He sent back the Holy Ghost, and then he's told us, Continue to share the gospel and build the church until I come again. And he's coming again. Thank you for tuning in once again to the Seeking Refuge podcast. That sums up the resurrection series. I'm going to go into a season of prayer about what to do next on the podcast. So it may be a few weeks again before I come back on the air. Um, But thank you so much for your faithfulness and listening in. And I hope you learned something and got a blessing from the resurrection series. Father, I thank you, Lord, for the podcast today and for everybody that tunes into it. Lord, help us grow, help us understand, convict us, equip us, continue to use us to build your kingdom for your glory until your return. Lord, we love you. We thank you and we need you in Jesus name. Amen. See you next time on the Seeking Refuge podcast.